So who is Bob Steinberg? Bob Steinberg. Um, yes. Hello there, Steve Lacey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? He is, you know... <sighs> Elizabeth Oots is a journalist at the Energy News Network based in Raleigh, North Carolina. And she often talks with a guy named Bob Steinberg, a Republican state senator who shatters the conservative stereotype on energy politics. On most issues, you know, I think he, he comes down pretty far on the on the right, but he breaks the mold with his position on wind energy in particular, but renewable energy as a whole. He's convinced that renewables are part of the future. In fact, when I called him up, he even had the attire to match. Well, it's uh, it's a solar tie. It's uh, it looks like the sun. Looking pretty dapper for seventy years old, I think. Ah, elegant, like solar itself. There you go. <laughs> he's kind of one of the. There's a lot of different types of politicians, but I think Bob Steinberg's kind of you know he's got the personality to be a politician. He will glad handle anyone. He's very. Very loquacious. Talk my ear off. Uh, I think the first time I talked to him, he uh, talked to me for over an hour. There is a lot to talk about when it comes to energy in North Carolina. An exploding solar market, an influential mega utility, market rule changes, a very contentious political environment. And Steinberg, who won a bid for the state Senate against an opponent who attacked his support for renewables, loves to thrust himself in the middle of it all. He's kind of a bulldog. I think he, he likes a good fight. <laughs> but he's also very warm and uh, open. And I hear he's uh, got some pretty good snacks there, too, in his office. <laughs> it's true. I am the guy. I'm the peanut man. Every time I leave his office, he provides me with a, a bag of peanuts. Yep, there's no question about that. We have the best peanuts around and the biggest bags. Uh, in fact, just the last time I was in there, I got a little bag of peanuts. I still have it at my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephen Lacey, and this week on The Interchange, how the politics of clean energy have totally flipped. The polls have been telling us for years that conservative voters support renewables, and now more conservative politicians do too. This story was produced in collaboration with the Energy News Network, which covers clean energy in regions all around the country. And in this episode, we're focusing on the Southeast, in North Carolina, where Bob Steinberg just took office as a state senator in early January. He was a state rep for five years before that. Elizabeth Oots followed his contentious Senate campaign last year, and she wrote a story in late summer of 2018 about Steinberg's Republican primary against Clark Twitty, a wind energy critic. Years earlier, Steinberg pushed a wind farm built for Amazon in his district. It was massive, with 104 turbines across multiple counties delivering millions in tax revenues. Seeing the economic benefits, he became a loud and proud supporter of renewables. But in the state Senate race last year, Twitty tried to use the wind farm as ammunition. He assumed that conservatives would reject government support of wind and solar, as the party had many years earlier on the national stage. He assumed very wrong. A week before Steinberg was set to take his Senate seat earlier this January, I called them up to reflect about how clean energy played into the campaign. Well, I, I think it's going to draw attention to the fact that there were two distinctly different messages. One embracing, uh, and this is in a conservative district, one embracing renewable energy, the other one refuting, uh, and if not uh, totally refuting it, certainly not embracing it. Most people would say uh, in, the, in days gone by, if you're a Republican and you're embracing renewable energy, 
you're doomed. And that was true at one point in time, but this has changed. I think the numbers show now, numbers that I have seen, if you are a Republican and you are dishing renewable energy, you're in serious trouble. So before the the campaign, you built this wind farm in your district. You you supported that wind farm. And then you became a real supporter of wind when you saw the economic benefits. How did that influence your political approach? I, my goal is to get people to as many people as possible to experience it. Uh, and once they experience it, let them start talking about all of the good things that happen as a result of renewable energy. And as that word spreads, then, you know, we are just very uh, naturally and normally going to be in a position where uh, we will be encouraging this industry and the industry will be uh, just by virtue of more and more people embracing it, the industry will then become a larger portion of the overall uh, portfolio, energy portfolio, if you will, in the state of North Carolina and across the United States. Elizabeth, what is driving Steinberg's conviction here? He didn't budge an inch when Republican opponents started attacking him. Um, you know, honestly, I just think he um, looks at the numbers. You know, he sees that there's a $400 million economic investment in his district. He sees that the Amazon wind farm is the largest taxpayer in the, in the county, in the two counties where it's located. He sees that it's that's helping to provide revenue for badly starved school systems and other public services. You know, he sees it's an opportunity for farmers to earn extra income. And I think he also thinks that uh, he sees the writing on the wall about major corporations like Amazon who want clean energy. Yeah, I think it's about the economic impact in his district. And then I think he's also the kind of guy who he's got the strength of his conviction and he, he can work himself up and, and, and dig in even farther when he's, you know, kind of decided his position on something. So what you're describing here is actually quite normal in politics. When it, when it comes to support of any industry or sector or business, it really does often just come down to the economic benefit they're providing. Very often, political leaders aren't doing it for some underlying moral code. They're doing it because it benefits the economy. It sounds like that's exactly what played out there in North Carolina. You're right. He, he is, he's just operating like uh, a good politician should, which is trying to deliver benefits for his constituents. And then I think he's just mystified that others aren't, and they're trying to block the benefits that he sees so clearly. So can we attribute his win to support of renewable energy? You know, no one knows for sure, right? There's no exit polls. Um, I think most people would say, including his opponent, that it um, his his support for renewable energy certainly did not hurt him. And he would say, you know, look at the counties that I where I, my margin of victory was the greatest. Those are the counties where the wind farm is. And that's that's true. Um, although <clears throat> those are also the counties that he had long represented and they were more of his kind of home turf um, versus where Clark Twitty was from, which was more directly on the on the coast. Um, and then I think the the other factor that people point to is that 
this idea that um, Clark Twitty perhaps rested on his laurels because he thought those wind opponents were going to carry him to victory to some degree. And that was not a um, that, that was not that did not happen. What do you think, Mr. Steinberg? Do you attribute your win to your steadfast position on renewable energy? Well, I, I, let me say this first, that uh, my position as it relates to any issue uh, is always first and foremost, what is best for my region? What is best for my district? So I'm going to do what I've always done, and that is to advocate for whatever is best for my region or district. In this particular case, it happened to be renewable energy. I didn't look at this as a win-lose situation. Winning the next election is not the most important thing to me. Doing what is right while I am in office, what is going to benefit the masses the most, that's what's the most important thing. If doing that means that I end up losing the next election, then so be it. Elizabeth, what does this tell us about conservative voters and what they care about? Well, you know, I think that polls for a long time have shown that voters by wide, wide margins support solar, they support wind. Recently, when I was reporting this story um, about conservatives and clean energy, Republican pollsters were saying that even voters who identified as very conservative support solar, they support wind, they oppose um, putting a moratorium on on new wind energy. So I think we're we're seeing the voters, you know, maintain their support. Uh, voters as a whole are maintaining their support for solar and wind, and and even voters you might not think would support those energy sources are, are actually coming around as well. What we're, what we're seeing and the way the politicians are behaving and the way the people are um, responding to these polls is that clean energy is increasingly, it's, it's, it's like mom and apple pie. What's remarkable about this story is how unremarkable it is. Bob Steinberg is simply following the polls. He's figuring out what voters want. He sees the local economic development and then sticks to a position based on that. That feels like pretty standard politics. Yeah. And I think he would also add to that. He kind of crunched the numbers. He tried to understand the issue. And he's he himself has had an evolution on the topic of wind energy just because of his own understanding and knowledge of the issue. So you've been focused on these issues in North Carolina for some time. How have you seen the politics of clean energy evolve? Yeah, I think that um, as as renewables have have taken hold and and proven that they can that the lights won't go out and that that they can provide electricity just as well or better than um, you know the big coal plant, they have become their own. Um, kind of political force and, and business force in the in the legislature gaining power. You know, when when I first started, there was this. You know, it's always people would say, "Well, it's always a false choice." This idea that you have to choose between a good environment and a good economy, clean environment and a good economy. But so now, I think increasingly with renewable energy, people don't feel like they have to make that choice. Right? You you can have clean energy and you can have good jobs, and and so it's it's pretty remarkable 
evolution in that way. Well, I know you have your hands full over there as lawmakers go back into session. It sounds like there's a ton to cover, both positive movement and political fights related to renewables. Whatever happens, though, I know you'll at least have Bob's bag of peanuts to give you sustenance while you cover it all. Exactly. You know, they... the. He's now trying to figure out where his new office will be since he's switching from the House to the Senate. So he's not quite sure what the setup will be, but I'm sure there'll be room for the peanuts. <laughs> Bob, thanks for chatting with me. Next time I'm down in Raleigh, I'll stop in for my bag of snacks and a good long conversation. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Well, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to uh, to reach out to me and giving me the opportunity to share with you uh, a little bit about uh, what has happened along the way since I arrived uh, in the legislature in January of 2013 vis-a-vis uh, renewable energy. It's been an interesting journey, and uh, we're just getting started. Oh my gosh, these always hit the spot. (laughs) I bet they do. Elizabeth Oots is a reporter for the Energy News Network. We touched base with her in Raleigh, North Carolina. Read her story about Bob Steinberg's primary election linked in our show notes. And for plenty more in-depth coverage on the clean energy transition in the Southeast, Northeast, Midwest, and West, head on over to energynews.us. You're going to find plenty of quality reporting from journalists like Elizabeth from the heart of the country. This podcast was produced by Green Tech Media and PostScript Audio. The music was from Chad Crouch. I'm Stephen Lacey. Thanks a lot for listening.